0: Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey guys, got something special for you today. Uh, this is a uh, recording of a interview I did for a coaches and speakers group on Facebook. And uh, they kind of asked about my career and how I got started and the challenges I had along the way. And... What does it take to influence others? So I think there's some cool lessons on this and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Welcome everyone from wherever you are joining us for this live stream today, whether you're on Facebook or IG or YouTube, we wanna welcome you and thank you for being here. I am Wendy Blum and I actually transitioned out of the pharmaceutical industry after 30 years to follow my passion as a writer and as a speaker and as a business coach. And so I'm so excited today because I have partnered with my lifelong friend for these live streams. And I have the honor of introducing Lauren Robin, who has been at the top of her field in the real estate industry and in the network marketing industry. So welcome to Lauren.
2: Hey, thank you Wendy. I am so thrilled to be here with you and Randy today. And I am especially thrilled to have been on life's journey with you over the past 20 something years. And I've watched you personally crush it in pharmaceutical sales. I've watched you find the courage to transform your personal life. And now I witness you just helping and supporting so many people, not just uh, here locally in our local communities, Uh, as a coach, but I've seen we've been to Haiti together. We've done some global things together. You're making the world such a better place. And I am so honored to be here with you today. So thank you. Can't wait to hear from Randy.
1: Yeah, we are so excited now for our very first live stream to introduce someone that both Lauren and I have followed for more than a decade and so to have you here today Randy Gage we are just over the moon you're someone who is entertaining you're mind bending your uh, success in prosperity tv the author of more than 10 books with very edgy titles and knowing that you're getting ready to launch your new book here coming in just a few weeks. You've spoken globally all around the world to tens of thousands of people. So we officially welcome you, Randy.
0: Hey, great to be on with you guys. I'm excited for what you guys are doing with the group here. That's a, it's a cool sandbox to play in when you work with authors and speakers and coaches and consultants Uh, you're working with people who really do want to dent the universe in some way they they have a message they they need to get that out so it's a really uh, for me it's a great creative energy to work with people in those professions
1: well, as you, as you have made all of those like, transitions in your life to become a speaker and to become an author, you've written books like uh, Risky is the New Safe, and now your new book, Direct Selling Success. Can you take us back to the very beginning, like how you even started on that path?
0: Well, I actually, I'm one of those true American success stories, a high school dropout who became wealthy, right? Uh, I, I, and high school dropout is probably gilding the lily a little because I was actually expelled from high school uh, because I was in jail for armed robbery at uh, 15 years old, uh, 16 years old. Um, So, you know, I was a dishwasher, busboy, waiter, cook, worked my way up in the restaurant business, uh, was kind of struggling, and then I was exposed to direct selling, and that was a big breakthrough for me, and so I I got into that, and I, I had some success. And, uh, but the company I was working with went through some real serious legal challenges. And I thought, wow, I just, these are not the people I thought they were. Um, I don't think I can stay here. So I had been training my own team and I thought I could help train people in other businesses, you know, other companies. So I resigned my distributorship and with no real savings, no real plan other than, hey, How hard could it be? I mean, all these people, they need help training and building their team. And I know how to do that. So I'll just do that. (laughs) And that led me to my career that I've been in for since 1991, I guess. And along the way, I wrote the first book and then the second. Now this one coming out in a couple of weeks is going to be my 12th book. Uh, And I've kind of migrated out. I I used to just do programs in the direct selling profession, but I kind of, I had my midlife crisis at 40 right on schedule. And so then I retired and I said, I'm just going to play softball and race my Viper and drink out of a coconut. And that lasted like nine months. And then I was like, I I was going crazy. Uh, I had lunch with Bill Gove, who had was the first president of the National Speakers Association. And he told me, you got to be back on the platform. And I I loved him and respected him so much. That was right the message I needed to hear. So I I came back in the speaking profession and and just decided, you know, I don't want to just be doing marketing programs. I want to look at the bigger issues of prosperity and self-development and what causes people to be successful. And so that's really what I've done the second go around. And um, it's been just a wonderful journey for me.
1: So for the, for the average person that is listening to this, that has a dream of being able to step onto a big stage like you have, or to write their first book. That, that level of, of taking the, the challenge that shows up and use that as, as your breakthrough and be bold. Do you have any, any wisdom that you can share of how to tap into that confidence or how to step into that being bold enough to?
0: everybody in our space is going to face imposter syndrome at some point like who am i to write this book who am i to give this speech do you know do those people know that i you know i have this really pressing personal Issue at home right now, and they think I'm so successful up here. But really, I'm—you know—my 14-year-old daughter hasn't spoken to me for two weeks, or you know, whatever the case may be. You got to understand. I think, and I—I I actually just was—I I was like channeling some writing this morning for the people who are in my coaching program because that's for uh, you know influencers, and and that, the thing I was telling them was. We think, well, I've got to look credible. I've got to think of how strong my personal brand is. I have to show that I'm successful. But the world-class speakers who touch audiences on a soul-to-soul level, the authors that write books that transform the world, the, the coaches that actually transform the lives of the people they mentor, they have to go to the darkest areas of their life. They have to be vulnerable. They have to show that they have failed, that they have had fears, that they have had insecurities. And that's the book people want to read. That's the speech people want to hear. Right? So as opposed to getting up there and saying, I'm Mr. Mrs. uh, You know, know it all. I've got it all together, I've got it all figured out. When you will come from true authenticity and and talk about your struggles, talk about your fears, talk about your insecurities, and more importantly, how you have overcome them, then the audience, whether it's the reader, the listener, the viewer, somebody in a speech, somebody in your coaching program. They say he or she is qualified to teach me. They have been where I am, and they have reached where I want to be. And because of that, you have credibility with them, and you don't have to worry. You know, like uh, I always in a lot of my blog posts or my podcasts, I'm always telling people, "Listen, I don't, I don't claim to have everything figured out. I'm not the omniscient, omnipotent guru who knows it all. I'm just a guy who's done some things that worked out pretty good. And I, I'm, I'm sharing what's worked for me and I share what doesn't work for me. And because of that, I believe I can really help people.
1: I know Lauren and I um, have, have talked just about that, all, all of the failures that have accidentally put us on the path to discovering our passion and discovering our purpose and and how key failure is. Um, Lauren, I know that uh, you had something that you wanted to ask in regard to failure.
2: Absolutely, so Randy and I, and Wendy, Randy and I have coached together. We went to Randy's speaker training and first of all, Randy, I don't know if I even told you this, but you've been a virtual mentor for me when I first got into direct selling. And you were actually were the one, you talk about imposters, you talk about, you know, what gives me the right. But I, I believe that you're one of, one of the, the key people that, that gave me the inspiration to leave my real estate career and go into direct sales full-time. So thank you for that. Wow. Uh, but one of, one of the questions I have about failures is, out of all the failures that you've had in your life, if you could put them together in one big bundle and just have one major life lesson out of all of them, what would it be?
0: You are not your failure. Your failure is an event that you went through. And, um, for people who really want to dig deep in this, I have a podcast called the Power Prosperity Podcast. It's on all iTunes podcasts, Spotify, all of them. So whatever you listen to podcasts on, you can find it. Look for the episode "Rethinking Failure" because I did a whole show on that. And the main premise, this you know, the the crux to answer your question is: you are not your failure, right? It's kind of trendy and fashionable to say, "Well, fail fast," you know, "fail big, fail spectacularly," um, and I say those things, but don't take them literally as okay. My my objective is to fail. No, your objective is to be willing to fail, because if you're really, if you want to do something bold, daring, innovative. Imaginative, you've got to be willing to fail, or you will otherwise you're just doing something average, something mediocre. So as if you're willing to fail, then you're going to accomplish great things. And know that most people, if you say, okay, what's the opposite of success? Most people answer failure. But I don't think that's true. I believe that the opposite of success is mediocrity. And that failure is actually part of the success process. The people who really make it, you know, Mark Cuban and Richard Branson and Oprah Winfrey, and people who reach the stratosphere of success in any endeavor sports, politics, business, the arts, anything they all had failures along the way, but they didn't let failure define them as a person they said okay i tried this venture it you know mark cuban famously said hey you only got to be right one time he was right one time and that was worth 4.3 billion dollars to him i think right so he he could have made 875 mistakes up to that point but that one right which was the broadcast sports thing he did 4.3 million i think he sold it for right so But if he had defined himself by every failure he'd answer, I'm a failure. No, don't personalize it like that. Understand that if we do this right, we try not to fail. We try to succeed. But if we recognize that there may be some failures along the way, and those those setbacks and those obstacles are the stepping stones to success, that failure is actually an integral and inherent part of the success process. And that we use those failures to learn, to grow, to modify our approach, then it can be a really empowering thing.
2: Yeah, kind of learning to forgive yourself and be a little gentle on yourself, like you would to a friend. Uh, So you have millions of people that follow you. How did you originally start building your tribe? What, how how did you, how did you, how did you, what clicked for you?
0: Well, I kept a mailing list from the time I started. Remember, I was doing public seminars. So we, I was renting, because there was no internet in those days. There was no social media. This is back in 91. So I was renting mailing lists and then mailing, hey, Randy's coming to Dallas and he'll be doing this seminar on Saturday, August 13th. You know, uh, call 1-800-432-GAGE and get your ticket. Um, And then when they did or they bought a, a product, we kept them in a database. And still to this day, that's the number one thing that every influencer, every leader, every tribal person wants to lead a tribe needs to do is have a database that you own. You know, having a Facebook page is not enough because Zuckerberg is going to charge you to access those people, even though they say they want to follow you. And every social media platform is going to be the same way. You've got to migrate people to a list that you own and control, which is email list or a mobile app where you've got text, you know, a number to be able to text or send alerts to people. Um, And then you grow it with, you know, as social media evolved, I evolved. I started with Twitter. I said, okay, this Twitter thing seems like it's going to be something. I'm going to learn how to do Twitter. And I set up a Twitter account. And uh, at one point, I was the number one tweeter in the world, meaning I had sent out more tweets than any human being on earth. Because I devo- now I'm actually third in the world uh, according to a link that somebody sent me the other day. Um, but I, because I at that point I had done like forty thousand tweets because I spent about four hours a day on Twitter just learning Twitter and communicating with Twitter and responding with people. You know, not just posting spammy messages, but actually engaging with my followers, and I built up a big following. Uh, And then I said, okay, the big thing is video. You know, I need to, I need to learn YouTube. So I watched, I went to YouTube and I watched who had lots of subscribers and who got lots of views. And they seemed to have a regular schedule and they told their followers when they posted. And so every week or every day, whatever their schedule was, and I said, all right, I need to do that. So I set up Prosperity TV, which is my YouTube channel. And we've got a more than two million, about two and a half million views on that. So that's done well. Uh, and then next I went to Facebook, right? And after Facebook, it's Instagram. Um, and honestly, I'm going to leave Facebook and Instagram, WhatsApp. I just I don't like the, 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 the business model. I think Zuckerberg and what they're doing there is very evil. And I want to get off of it as quick as I can. Um, but it was very helpful for me, all of them uh, growing. But at some point, once you become successful as an influencer, you're going to come to this this decision you've got to make, which is, okay, am I going to spend 10 hours a day trying to trick all the algorithms on Facebook and Instagram and get my stuff in people's feed and post all this content and do this? Or do I want to really create amazing content? and make remarkable videos that go viral and and write amazing books that become bestsellers and develop courses and resources that people tell other people about. And so for me, I like to work 12 hours a day. I like to work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., right? Um, Now, that's not all work. Obviously, I do cardio is the first part of that. Then I write. Then I go do some resistance training. Then I have lunch. Then I write. Then I have dinner. But so I've got that block of ten, you know, like twelve hours. Because if I'm done by seven p.m., I love my work. I don't. I'm excited when Monday comes around. I love to do what I do. I'm a writer. I'm happiest when I'm hunched over my keyboard in my lonely writer's garret, working on my next book or my next blog blog post. Right. Um, so I got to say, you know. Do I want to spend 10 hours a day trying to get featured in Zuckerberg's platform? Or do I want to spend 10 hours writing an amazing book and and then one hour on posting stuff on social media? And so that's where I'm going now, which is, okay, I've built a good following on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You know, I've got 12 books out there. I've got dozens of albums and video and audio and stuff out there, other courses Now it's time to let my work speak for itself. I'm gonna, you know, kind of get away from some of this social media stuff and spend more time creating high value content for the people who follow my work. And that's, you know, when you first start off, you're gonna over index on the promo and building the tribe. But once that happens, then you get to evolve and move more in the area of the authorship and development stuff.
2: Yeah, really interesting. You you had uh, talked a little bit about your daily routine and and Wendy is is somebody who's got this incredible, really fascinating morning routine that she starts at 4.30 in the morning. I'm gonna turn it over to her to talk to you a little bit more about your routine.
1: Well, so Randy, um, you mentioned that you follow this protocol, like you have this morning protocol and so has it changed, does it evolve? I mean, has your have writing always been part of it? And do you wake up earlier than seven? Like walk us through like what happens before seven?
0: Yeah, I like to get up at like five to 6 a.m. And then first thing I do is cardio and self-development. So I try to, uh, to marry those together. Um, moved more from reading to podcasts, because then I can listen to a podcast when I'm on the treadmill or the elliptical. So I do like a 30 minute on that. Um, so yeah, it's not always seven. seven. a lot of times it's five to five or six to six, but or seven to seven, but it's in that range. Uh, and then I come back and that's when I'll check the emails that came in overnight. Is there anything urgent from overseas I need to respond to or You know, a speech I have in Europe that, you know, they have a problem with the date or they need a contract or they need a you know, promo video or something. Um, And then I get to writing and I want to write for a couple hours. Uh, I have my protein shake and all my supplements at that point and then write for a couple hours. And then I'll go back and do the resistance training in the gym. That's about an hour every day that I do that. Uh, And then I come back and I have lunch and then I'll write. And that's after lunch, that's when I'll return more phone calls, do interviews like this, like I'm in San Diego. So it's like, you know, one or two in the afternoon here. So that's when I schedule my podcasts and my uh, radio interviews or uh, print interviews and stuff like that, because I like to leave the morning just for writing. Um, And then I try and do some more writing through the day, uh, have dinner, and then I'm, you know, ready to go to dinner with friends, have a date, you know, watch a ball game, do whatever the play, you know, whatever that may be.
1: Do you ever go through those phases though, where you stay up all night and write, or you just like block off like a couple of weeks and then you really immerse? In-
0: yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. When I'm in like when I'm f- finishing a book, I, this last, this new book that's coming out in, in a couple of weeks, I wrote 10,000 words in one day that book. I have never done that in my life, but I just felt like I was channeling this book. I had a couple of days I did like 4,000, 5,000, 7,000 words. One day I did 10,000. That book came in over 70,000 words. That's the longest book I've ever written. Um, But I just felt like I was channeling it. Um, I usually, when I, I get serious about a book, I usually go down to Key West I figure, you know, it worked pretty well for that, uh, what's his name? Uh, As the bell tolls, what's his name? Why am I? uh, uh, Hemingway. Worked pretty well for that Hemingway guy. So, you know, I've written pretty much most of my books down there. So I go down there and I'll just channel stuff for a week or 10 days. Uh, And my other rule is when I wake up in the middle of the night, if I'm still awake after 15 minutes, then I just get up and I start writing because that tells me I'm supposed to be writing um, or otherwise I would have fallen back to sleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like there's a message inside of you that has, that has to come out. Well, we're going to jump over now to a lightning round and I'm going to send it over to Lauren and we're going to have two
2: phases of this. Okay. All right. So in one word, what was something that you did to sabotage your career?
0: One word? One word. Uh, Doubt.
2: Doubt, okay. Mm. Uh, What is the best business advice you've ever received?
0: (laughs) I think to to not worry so much about the marketability or what the potential is, but really recognize, is this uh, something that's really important to you? Is it a mission you would do? Is it something you would do even if you didn't get paid? And I think when you follow that inner muse, you end up getting paid.
2: Awesome. Who is your mentor?
0: Uh, this always shocks people. I didn't, re- well, one, I will say Bill Gove, who I mentioned earlier. Bill was like the, my grandfather to me. I just, we met at the Florida Speakers Association. He just saw something in me for whatever reason. He kind of just adopted me. Um, he had been retired. He was like 70 at that point. He was retired, but he came and he just saw this potential in me. Uh, So he was a mentor in that sense. And then otherwise it's really dead people, right? I'm just, there's, I don't find people I can model who do what I do that have become mentors. So I'm Emerson, Thoreau, Ayn Rand, uh, James Allen, uh, uh, Charles Fillmore. I'm a big student of books, uh, self-development stuff.
2: On that note, what is your favorite business book, book and what book have you read over and over and over again?
0: Well, the book I reread every year or two is Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, uh, which is a novel, but it's, it, it, it's the most influential book in my life because it introduced me to the concept of Living by a congruent philosophy, and uh, so it's been tremendously impactful for me. And I do reread it every year or two. Uh, and I'm never some books you you go back and you reread them, and they're like, "Well, you know, that's kind of simplistic." I can't believe I was so, you know, enamored with that when I read it a couple years ago. Uh, that isn't the case with Atlas Shrugged. Every time I read it, I'm I'm more impressed with what it contains best business book of the last 20 years has to be Principles by Ray Dalio, which came out maybe last year. Uh, I think it isn't billed as a leadership book, but I think it's probably the greatest leadership book ever written.
2: Beautiful. Um, One personal question. You've been all over the world. You've done amazing things. What's on your bucket list?
0: I still haven't been to India or China, so I want to get to those two. Uh, and I still want to, get to, I want to get to all 30 of the Major League Baseball stadiums, and I have uh, five or six left to do on that list.
2: Beautiful. I'm going to turn it over to Wendy to wrap this up.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to um, jump in just for part two of the lightning round and just ask you about predictions, because I know that that was a, a part of your book. Um, risky is the new sieve. So I just want to ask you what you think that the next big opportunity or the next big dot com thing is going to be.
0: Uh, I will answer that with two answers. Uh, answer number one, in the technology front, the next big thing is voice. All of the voice assistance the Google one, the Siri one, and the Amazon one. And um, they're all three have such huge platforms. And that's gonna transform. We're gonna get away from texting. We're gonna get away from video. We're gonna get away from websites. So I'm investing a lot of money in my own business this year in voice. I've developed a Sonic logo which is on my podcast and on my videos now, and it will be on everything going forward. Uh, I got into podcast space, which, you know, five years ago, we were all saying, well, podcasts are dead, you know, move to video, everything's going to video. But of course, what's happened with the fact that everybody carries a smartphone and the fact that they can listen while they're walking their dog and they're on an airplane or they're working out or jogging uh, is podcasts have exploded. So I literally just maybe two weeks ago stopped posting a video every week on my YouTube channel. And I told people, listen, I'm going to move to the podcast and I'm going to do more episodes on the podcast because that's where more of you are getting the information. So um, voice is huge. You know, it's going to, it's going to make a lot of what we do online obsolete. And I don't think people are prepared for that because It's not going to be like when you search a term on Google and you get the top ten, right? So when you say, um, you know, if you look, the the thing we're going to have to recognize as influencers is we're going to have channel conflict, just like Coca Cola does, just like Walmart does, just like Nike does, right? The people who win are going to be the people who are directly connected to their tribe. That's why I say that, that database, that platform that you own is so important. I have one of my coaching clients who just literally, somebody was using a video of his to promote some company. They were like taking his name and using it in vain. So he complained to YouTube, Hey, these people are. So what YouTube did is they shut down his site by mistake. And he had like this series of videos that he uses for a coaching program. And it's been like 10 days and he he can't get a peep out of anybody at YouTube corporate because of course they get thousands of those complaints every day and they're just overwhelmed or whatever. So his business is is dying because he's on a platform he doesn't own. You can't ever let that happen. And that's what's going to happen with these voice assistants, right? At some point, Jeff Bezos is going to say, well, we sell 50 million cases of Coca-Cola every week or every month. You know, If we make Jeff's Cola instead and offer that first when people doing their prime order, we're going to pick up 20,000 cases of those. And we're going to make more money on Jeff's Cola than we do on Coca-Cola, right? That's channel conflict. So, it's going to be the same when people just whether they order vitamins, whether they ask for a keynote speaker, if they're looking for a coach, they're looking for a consultant, who comes up first on that voice thing. So that would be in terms of what's next for technology, definitely voice, voice, voice. Um, and then in terms of the bigger picture and, and relevant to everybody who's watching this or listening to this is We don't need um, more information. We don't even need more experts. We have so many experts and our deluge with so much information, we can't even process it all. What the world desperately needs is thought leaders who will interpret that deluge of information and say, okay, sifting through all of the white noise, here's what's really important to you right now. That's how you win the channel conflict wars. That's how you win the how do you cut through the white noise. There are a million experts, but there aren't that many thought leaders. So when somebody can look at the situation. You know, we have everybody who wants to. You know, I read the top ten books on leadership, and you know, I can do speeches on all of them. Okay, you're just a commodity. We all could read those top ten books on leadership. You know, if you do the Napoleon Hill thing, that worked great in this time. It wouldn't work great today because we will say, well, anybody could do that. You know, you could subscribe to those services that do. Book summaries and books for dummies and you know two page highlights of every best selling business book or whatever. We're looking for people who actually are critical thinkers, who rationalize, who analyze, who who think laterally, who think linearly, who think uh, uh, logically, who think creatively, who you know really pro- who really can do the critical thinking to come up with solutions. You know, how do we, how do we become valuable in the market is we add value and solve problems. And to do that, you have to be a critical thinker and, uh, and a thought leader. And I think that's, you know, for the people watching this, who are in this Facebook group, that's what you want to aspire to is you want to become the thought leader in your space.
1: Okay, so the way we started by saying that you bring to the forefront mind-bending thinking, like thinking, like not even out of the box, like there is no box. So thank you so much for giving us so much to think about and unthink the way we have been thinking. So we are so grateful for that. And there are so many places where we could find you. We know we could find you on Twitter. We know we can find you on YouTube and all the other social media platforms. But where is the very best place to find you today?
0: All right, so randygage.com. That's kind of my Starfleet command site that kind of links to everything I do. Um, uh, Twitter is the best place to engage with me. Uh, and anybody who's in direct selling or knows somebody in direct selling, new book, they've moved up the release date because the sales have been so strong. It was supposed to be July 23rd. They're trying. They're going to get it out at least a week or two or more early. So uh, if you're in that business, head over and pre-order Direct Selling Success. I'm really proud of that and, and what it's going to do to help people really build strong teams and create, you know, solid residual income for themselves.
1: I love that. I love the link to multiple sources of income and prosperity and to think long term. So thank you so much for that. And Lauren, so excited that we were able to team up together to be here with Randy. We were in his speaker school just not too long ago. So really so grateful. Lauren, any closing remarks?
2: Oh, thank you. I know, Randy, you've got, you've got another one coming up in October, I believe, in Miami. Will yeah. that be on the website? speaker school
0: uh that's rg speakerschool.com
2: awesome well and thank you i've learned so much from you you've been such an inspiration uh and really a catalyst for me in so many so many ways in my in my direct song career so i can't wait to read your new book it's gonna be (laughs) thank you so much for being with us and thank you thank you wendy so much for being you and everybody, everybody connect with
1: Randy, and we're just going to be like following that path because he's such a forward thinker. So thank you, everyone.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power of Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.